Good morning. Do I have both of them on? Matt, just give me a thumbs up. Thank you. Okay, just checking. Want to make sure that uh, people are out there streaming can uh, hear me as well. I was wondering in the back of my head, just one of these passing thoughts. Uh, just see a microphone and then, you know, the hot lapel mic. Is there something going to happen between the two of these? Or? We'll, we'll see. Okay, yeah, yeah. It could be exciting. Well, uh, I'd like to just uh, have, have a word of prayer uh, with everybody. Uh, anybody have physical need or know somebody has a physical need this morning? Okay. Um, I'm going to, let's, let's, let's pray for those as, as well today. And uh, uh, just, just lift up Pastor as, as he's gone. I, I know that, uh, Katrina, you have a grandson in surgery right now? Is that right? Yeah, for his appendix. Okay. Uh, and uh, I know we've been praying for some other needs here in the church as well, so I just like to I like to pray for those before we get into our message. And Father, we just we come to you uh, through the blood of Christ, because you laid down your life for us, God, for sinners such as us, because of your great love, because of your desire, God, to to take care of um, all the sin, all the things that separate us. And you've now said that we can come before you openly, boldly, with all our requests. So, Father, we, we do so without mediator, without anything but a direct line. So, Father, as we, we talk to you and, and, and just go to prayer this morning, God, may you move mightily in, in the things, God, that concern our hearts God, we lift them up to you. I, I lift up uh, these requests for, I know Katrina's grandson, he's in surgery. We pray, God, that you just be with them, Lord, as they, as they operate, God, that, that you would, uh, that this would be successful, that it would be quick, and that his healing would be complete uh, afterwards, the Lord God. And Lord, that if he needs you to move in his life uh, through this, we lift that up. Um, I know other hands went up, Lord. We've been praying for people. Perhaps there are family situations today. We lift those up, God. We pray you to move the mountain and change the heart of those, God, that sometimes are so resistant to the gospel. We just don't know how they're ever going to ever get saved or ever listen to anything we've we've got to say concerning you. So, Father, we we pray for, for hearts to change and for uh, them to be more receptive. And God, that the enemy's work would come to not, would not bear fruit, but rather they'd be the fruit of the word of God in their life. Uh, We pray for others that need healing, God. Uh, I know uh, I've been praying, uh, I believe it's Crystal's dad for a while, uh, it's been posted, we pray, God, that you'd move mightily in his body, Lord, today as well. And God, do, do a work there, we pray, God, of healing. Uh, I pray for uh, the man Tommy, Lord, because of his hand, uh, I believe. I pray, God, you just, you just move mightily there as well. My, 
my wife's back, and God, that you would strengthen her this morning. Uh, pray for Pastor as he's away with his family. I pray that you just guide them and bless them with both good weather and most of all by your great presence around them. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you we can be here in your house today. Lord, proclaim your word. Lord, rejoice in you. I pray, God, that you would move by your spirit. Uh, allow me simply to share the truths that you have already shared and open. But, Lord, the ones that we need to hear this morning especially, we pray, God, that those would come clear to us. Thank you for the body of Christ, for their love for you, and, God, for the work that you continue to do in them and use them in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. So um, before I get started, you know, I've... Uh, uh, I, I grabbed I, one of these, ever get these offers that you see through the internet and uh, to get a free book? Anybody ever do that? Oh, just me. Okay, some of you nodding your heads. You've done that a few times. Okay, so I, I, I love getting these books. This, I don't do every single one, but every once, every once in a while I get one and uh, I'm just really touches me. Um, and the, the one that I got recently was uh, Voice of the Martyrs. It's a missionary group. Everybody here, Voice of the Martyrs? Okay, almost all of you nodding your head. Great missionary group. And the, the people that they are impacting uh, quite often are people who come to Christ and they come from crazy backgrounds or in parts of the world where it's not legal, okay, to evangelize. Sometimes it's not legal to even bow your head and pray to anybody but whatever God that they're, you know, put forth in that country. And the, and the book is just, it's just full of stories that you can read in about five minutes, three or four pages long. And uh, uh, just the stories are both inspiring and at the same time, I, I realize sometimes, wow, uh, this, is, this is great to know that the presence of God can move in people who are facing real persecution that's going on in so many parts uh, of the world. Uh, Lord, uh, may, may I be ready for the least bit of resistance that I might find to proclaim you with joy uh, as, as these people do. And many of them have lost literally everything. Uh, they've lost, uh, their families turned on them, uh, their families even turned them over to be killed. Uh, some are pursued even by an angry dad. Uh, there's, uh, uh, they, they can't work a certain job in their country because they've identified with Christ. So um, it's just some things to think about in terms of the sobering things that we face from day to day in, in life uh, in our country. But, uh, the call that we have on our life is a holy calling. It is a precious thing that God is doing in your life. And he sees you. You are, regardless of what you go through, okay, I believe you, you can have joy, okay? Do you believe that? Okay? Okay, yeah, I know, you know, we get convicted and bothered and realize I need to live more like that. But, you know, there really is joy. And, and some of these people that the person who wrote the book I referred to, he goes over and he, sh he is 
getting more blessed because the people that he goes and he figures, oh, this person's going to feel horrible. They've got nothing. What can I give them? How can I encourage them? And he, want, he will realize that he's the one within his spirit. He's the one who's lacking. He's the one who's, who's missing out on God's favor because he can see it rests so heavily on those that with people who have lost so much and yet they have joy. And uh, it's, it's great to just read something like that and realize that it's a real stories, okay? They're real accounts of, of lives. So um, praise, praise God for, for that and just wanted to share that briefly this morning. So here we are. We've uh, been getting into parables here at uh, Faith Assembly. Um, uh, I got a whole list of them. There's so many parables uh, that Jesus told. The uh, parable that I've been assigned to, to, to share about today that uh, I picked this one out of several. We all, those that are sharing, all had kind of like a, a wide choice. And uh, I picked the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is found in um, three of the four Gospels. Uh, the scripture I'm going to focus on this morning will be Matthew uh, 13. You can also find it in Mark chapter 4 and find it in Luke chapter 8. Okay. It's basically the same. Uh, the accounts are extremely similar regardless of which uh, writer that you're reading it uh, from. The, so if you found uh, Matthew 13, you can read along, or I believe we're going to get it up there uh, right on the, uh, on the screen there. So, um, so here's, here's the setting, the first few verses. That same day, Jesus went out of the house, and he sat by the lake. So Jesus often liked to be in in front of the water. Sometimes he got in a boat and taught from the boat on the edge of the water. They often say that it's a great place to, to preach uh, because it's kind of this sounding board that uh, gets your voice out there, okay? So Jesus was taking advantage of this. And, and then large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So Jesus was starting to attract these huge crowds because he healed people, okay? That as much as anything else was what was drawing people to the Savior. And whether they needed healing or not, they were excited because people were getting healed of just things that just were amazing, okay? Would totally amaze us today. People being raised from the dead. Okay. Um, just God's move was, was, was great in this man that, that uh, claimed to be the Messiah. And, and the people were, the common people were convinced that he's got to be the Messiah. Who can do the things that, the, that he does unless God be with him? Then he told them many things in parable. And this, this version here says a, a farmer, okay, if you go back to the original languages, it, it's, I, I hate putting the word farmer in here because the more I thought about this is when we think of farmer, what do we think of today? We think of a 
profession, don't we? We tend to think of big farms, rolling hills, okay? But the word is a sower of seed. Okay, if you go into King James, it is translated sower there. Uh, and, and it is that idea from the uh, Greek languages that it's a sower, somebody who distributes seed out into a field or a garden. Anybody relate to that? Anybody have a garden? Put your hand up. Come on. Okay. Anybody trying to grow grass in your front yard? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you, you're included, okay, because you're scattering seed, okay, with mixed results, right? Okay. I, I'm still waiting for seed to grow in certain parts of my yard that are extremely sunny. Uh, it likes the shade, okay? And then I'm looking for grass, and I'm getting to know too much more about seed and grass and soil conditions than what I ever thought long before I started studying the parable of the sower this week, okay? So if, if you're into that, great. By the way, my hydrangeas are just, I didn't do a thing, and yet they're knocking it out of the park this year. So, uh, you know, sometimes you just, it just comes out good, <laughs> uh, despite everything that you do. There's actually a point to me saying that, that we're going to find out a little, little bit later as we go through this. So the farmer went out, he goes out to sow his seed, or the person, the common person, goes out and sows his seed. Now, people were familiar with sowing seeds back then, okay, as a lot of us even are today. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up, okay? Now, Anybody have problems with, with that, would try and ever sow seed, have the birds come, okay? If you haven't, um, let me give you another thing, okay, that's really close to home here. How about seagulls? Um, okay, you ever have a problem with a seagull? It, it, it might not even be seed. Did you, ever have the, you ever be on a boat and the person, somebody decides to give the, feet, the seagull because they're up there, they're buzzing around, they're squawking. Eventually, somebody gives the seagull. It's, oh, he came down and he got it out of my hand. And what's the next thing you see? They they're all got closer to that person. And that person wonders, and oh, what have I done? Okay, right? Um, so that's it's the idea. They're relentless. Birds can be relentless in uh, going for food and picking up uh, their snack. Okay, so he's scattering the seed, and we're told that some came along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. Okay, it's not a good place to try to sow a garden on rocky places. Usually, we're we're tilling the soil and trying to take the rocks out of the soil, okay? If you've got a flowered pot, maybe throw a couple of rocks on the bottom, I don't know, but you don't want them to be where you're trying to get those roots to sprout and to go down into the soil. So Jesus says it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Okay? So there's, there's something about things that spring up quickly, and then the next thing you know, they're gone. Did you ever see a plant that did that? Just nod your head, that's fine. Okay? Other seed fell among 
thorns which grew up and choked the plants, still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, everybody's got ears, okay, let him hear. Make sure your ears are open, okay, make sure they're wired in well, okay, because we need, we need to hear. And, uh, you know, as, as, as I get into this, see the disciples, I try to put myself in the place of the disciples because we look back. The disciples are there, and all this is taking place in front of them for the first time. Okay? They don't have the advantage that all the brothers and sisters around us have, and we've been talking about it, and I can look up a commentary, or I can go to YouTube and listen to somebody else's message about what does the parable of the sower mean today. Okay? They, they, they're, they're there, and, and they're hearing it for the first time. And they're looking at Jesus, and, this, and their first question is, why do you speak to the people in parables? Okay. That's a good, good, good question. Why parables? Because all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus is starting to use this method of teaching called parables. And he replied, and, the, and he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, you the disciples before him, okay, to those who have the ears to hear, but those who have not, okay, those secrets have not been given to them. If, if you are a believer and God has opened your heart and mind to the word of God, then you have an understanding that God has given you. Everybody say amen. Okay. God gives us an understanding. I tried to read the word of God uh, before I got saved, and it just wasn't, I just wasn't getting it. Okay. Uh, there were things I found interesting. There are things I, I got little pieces and tidbits out of it. But to begin to get the whole idea that God God is opening like a whole new system of knowledge, a whole new system of thought, a whole new way of life as I begin to receive those things. And then a whole new viewpoint of life that changes because the Spirit of God lives in me and you this morning. Amen? It's amazing. It's amazing, and God, when God redeems us, he, he gives us the ability to, I think, understand the scriptures in ways that we wouldn't otherwise. But remember that there's others who don't get it, okay? They don't get it. But as, as we look back at this, um, Jesus begins to explain why in this little portion of scripture. And I didn't want to skip this, but... I will, move, I will move through this more quickly than I will on the, the actual uh, parable. And he says, uh, verse 12, whoever has been given more, he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. And then he quotes two verses from Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled 
the prophecy of Isaiah. You will never, or you will ever be hearing, but never understand. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. That means that it's like the ground he's talking about that's not receiving the word of God. Okay? It says it's, their heart has become hard-hearted. They could hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Okay? It's, it, it's like just, no, I don't hear you. you know, put your hands over your ears. Or put your hands over your eyes. Close your eyes. I don't see anything. You know? And there's, there's, for some people, it's even a willingness along these lines. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, repent, turn to, to God. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking why parables. He said, blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear, truly hear. They, they get what's being said. For I tell you the truth that many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it. They saw it in faith. If we go through Hebrews 11, we'll see those who, who lived their faith out, who saw and believed things that had not happened yet, or they believed God for them and lived accordingly. And he said, these prophets long to see it acted out, lived out, lived out in front of them. So he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. So Jesus now explains the sower. When I get through reading this, then in one sense, do I, I don't need to say anything else because Jesus has said it all. Okay? But unfortunately, you know Ben Haskell. He's probably going to talk much longer after that, right? Okay, I didn't hear any amen for that, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it. Okay? This is that first part where the seed fell upon the path. Okay? It just it, it fell there and the birds came and ate it up. So this is this is the one he's talking about at the beginning. It says the the message about the kingdom and they just don't understand it. And it says and, and the second part of this is the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches what was there from their heart. So there's, there's two things going on. One is that the ground is hard. Okay? It's, it's just sown on the path. And we're hoping the seed gets in. And it's not being received. And then the worse than this, the enemy comes along. The devil, there's a real devil, by the way, okay? He's not the mythological creature in the red union suit with the pointed tail and the horns on his head, um, you know, or some character who's made to look like, oh, maybe something out of one of the comics or Tolkien stories. Uh, I always thought that the, uh, the Balrog in uh, the creature that appears in front of Gandalf, Lord of the Rings, Again, I apologize for those of you that aren't into Lord of the Rings, but uh, 
he, he suddenly appears in front of Gandalf and he has to deal with this creature that looks like a demon or the devil himself, okay? That's a whole nother story, so I'm not gonna go into that, but if you know it, you, you kind of get, get to what I'm saying. So there's, there's people that are gonna hear the word and simply not get it. They're not gonna get it, that's okay. There was a time in your life when you didn't get it, okay? I don't want you to think that because any of these soils are the way they are, that they can't possibly change, okay? There is, there's sometimes we say, well, that person is the way they are, they're never gonna change, okay? Well, that might be true, but I believe with God that hearts can change, okay? I'm standing here in front of you because God changed my heart. I don't know which one I adhered to at the time. I always often think I maybe originally adhered especially to the first two kinds of soil here. It's not up to us to judge how the seed is received. Okay? It's up to us to give the seed. Because the seed is distributed to four different kinds, which covers pretty much the gamut. That's what we're, that's what we're going to deceive, hopefully understand that, that God still says, preach the truth, the gospel, to all the world. Okay? It's not for us to say, well, just those who are smiling, those who are having a good day, or if somebody talks to me first, I'll talk to them, or if they say the right word, I'll talk to them. Okay? I'm not telling you to club somebody over the head and get them all upset, but I am saying that everybody is a candidate to have the seed scattered on their heart. The seed is here, the truth. It's the word of God. And we are, we are told to share that word. And this gospel of the sower doesn't refute that in any way because the seed is touching and going out in all kinds of soil. And yet, I think, I think originally, I think the real sower here, the real farmer here, if you will, is probably Jesus. When you really stop and think about it, I think he's the sower. But then Jesus later says that you're my disciples, you're, okay? And now I want you to share that word just like I did. But Jesus didn't stop at some people and say, oh, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to share anything. Okay? I'm going to give it out. I'm going to share it regardless. Um, I believe that God's heart is that everybody has a chance to hear the word of God. Okay? What's it? He, Romans 10, 27. Hear, hearing comes uh, by the word of God. I'm trying to think exactly how that how that. Um, runs, but uh, uh, you, in order to hear, we need to have the Word of God, okay? The Word of God will bring salvation. Okay, so we've got one part that just is resistant. Maybe you're thinking of somebody 
this morning. It's just totally resistant. Okay. I don't know why I even talk to them. Okay. But, you know, maybe it's somebody on the internet. Okay. You haven't defriended them yet. Um, you might, might, might have thought about it more than once. But maybe it's somebody that said, no, I think they need to hear the truth, as long as that you're sharing the truth. And I think that's God's heart. So we've, we've got the next... We get the next part of the soil here and the seed. And it says some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. I, I often think that there are some people that like to hear the word of God. And they'll talk. They'll even get excited about it. They might even seem like they're they got it, if you will, that they've received it and that something good is going on in their life. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. They've, they've turned their back on what they've heard or they've rejected it in some way or they've heard something else. Or maybe, there's, maybe it's just an excuse after a while where they go back to where their heart was all along. I'm not sure. I'm not sure here exactly why, but again, they get the seed. The seed is given out and is given to these people. And it says here, what Jesus says, it says, the one who received the seed that fell in the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But he doesn't have any root. He lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The word of God, okay, if we were to look it up, the simple verses at the beginning of John 1.1 tell us in the beginning was the word. Good. In the beginning was the word. Okay, the word was with God and the word was God. Okay. It's not like the Jehovah Witness Bible, where suddenly they say, in the beginning was a word, okay, like any word, maybe there's a few more of them, okay, it's the word, Jesus, the only one, okay, God's only begotten. So as, as we look at this, we see people that receive the word and receiving it with joy. Okay, they're fun to share with. They're fun to talk with. They're excited. And the one who received the seed, okay, on the rocky places, who hears it, and, and it seems like, wow, this guy's, this lady, they must have got saved, okay? But it says here that when persecution arose, they just, they left it. They left it all behind because I don't want any trouble in my life, okay? I'm too busy doing what I'm doing, and if this Christianity involves hardship of any type, anything that makes me flee my comfort zone, then I don't want any part of it. And they leave it. They leave it. Now, before it gets too quiet in here, um, 
there, there are things that I think that we're all challenged with in life, that God is challenging us with. And this is why those seeds of the word of God are important to us, that we need to grab onto them. There, there's life in God's word. There is power in the word of God. There is a wonderfulness about it that expresses God's heart for us. I said, receive the word and stick with it, okay? Because Jesus is saying, okay, again, he's, he's saying the parable is here for the unbeliever, but the explanation, the understanding, for those who have ears to, to hear, okay, eyes to see, that receive it. Receive it in its fullness and, and receive the, the strength and power that comes from walking with Christ. Again, if I go back to where I started before I started, the people that are being persecuted that have joy in their hearts are when Paul is writing in scripture from Philippians and he's writing from a jail cell and he says, count it all joy, okay? I'm not talking about phony, putting on airs that you're happy. Nobody wants that, it's fake, matter of fact, when I, if if done that, I've got my hand up. I've done that before, okay? But it doesn't last. It's not true. It feels fake. Matter of fact, honestly, if I come right down to it, I feel a lot better just, you know, getting mad and expressing that, okay? And that could be really ugly, quite frankly, okay? We won't go there, but you can imagine, okay? Because you've done it, okay? I'm just looking. I know I've got company out there. So this is, this is that second person, okay? They've, 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 there's no root. I can get into a whole thing about having roots, okay? And our, our roots and what is in our heart, the word of God needs to impact that. The word of God brings about a, a change, a transformation, it only takes place, I believe, when the, when the root of God's truth, when the root of his word gets down, and that becomes what holds us so that we don't wither away, so that when a, a storm comes, it doesn't wash us away, but the root goes down and holds there. In one of the Psalms, it says, you know, God's planted me like a tree by streams of water. It's, it's just, the roots are just drinking it in. And, and to be successful, if you will, to be, to be thriving, to have joy in your life, those roots go down and the joy comes from within, from those roots. There's a confidence that comes when the roots go down deep with Christ. Okay, so the third one, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Okay? And this is, um, when Jesus tells the parable, that's it. That's pretty much that one verse. But if we go in the explanation on this, it's, it's one verse, but it's much longer than that. It says, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life, and there's deceitfulness 
of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. This says a lot. And I think this is the part where sometimes the being unfruitful in our life as Christians, as believers, I think you should know why you're not being fruitful. Okay? Where is your heart? Where are your affections? And we do struggle. God has put you and me in the United States of America. Okay? That has many blessings. Hopefully you celebrated those last weekend. Okay? Fourth of July is a great time to think about our independence, our freedom. Okay? All that's been given to us to live in the country that we are in. And God has used our country in great ways. Uh, and it was formed by people who truly loved God. Not perfect, but truly loved God. And many of them uh, had fantastic lives, and many put their lives on the line for those truths. Many signers of the Declaration of Independence died penniless later, and yet had great wealth. I, th I, th I think of that like I think of others. It's, what am I willing to give to stand on the word of God? What am I willing in the course of the cares of this life? Just being a good, responsible person. I want to be a good dad, good husband, good citizen. I want to be a good man at church I attend, faith assembly of God, with all of you. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. My first calling is to love the Lord God with all my heart and not to carry that out in a way simply that I have made up. And I think sometimes we all struggle with that. We all have a default that God is changing. God is transforming you and me. Rejoice in that. Don't wear guilt going out of here today. Don't wear shame simply coming out of here. Knowing God is changing you. Okay? Look in the mirror and say, I see a person God is transforming. I see also the image of a God in me because God is doing things through me that I never thought were possible. He can love through me. He can work through me. Rejoice in that. Okay? So I'm not sharing this to take you and, and beat you down or to shame you into action this morning. Okay? I know maybe you've been to a church, you felt like that before. That's not what I'm doing this morning. Okay, please. So don't take that with you. But there are things that we do struggle with, and God is in the process of transforming you and me. Now, don't use that as an excuse. God loves me, so this time I'm going to do it my way. Okay? That, that's, that's a lousy excuse. We are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen? We're called to be his disciple, and if we are to be his disciple, we will do what he commands. Do what he has asked us to do. There's blessing in that that we might not see on this side of our existence as we walk this earth. There is blessing in that that comes 
from knowing God's face is shining upon you and me. And we can have joy. We can have strength. There are things I am challenged with, and that's a good thing. But I need to wrestle with those sometimes. Okay? So we're all, we're all in transformation, but also take great joy in knowing that God is transforming us. And keep pursuing his word. Let his word have the dominance. Let his word see, be the device that we see everything through. I often like to do this because I had a person I considered a mentor. He's in charge of my master's program. And I'm, I'm going to do this. Okay? I'm going to somehow hold the mic and the other mic. Excuse the armpit, next person who holds us. Um, there are good books out there that you can read, okay? But if you're looking at this book, the Bible, and you're looking at the Bible through the book, be careful. You're on dangerous ground. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I'm not saying there aren't good books that will help you, but be careful of what the philosophies and what's really coming through. I would much rather do this, where what I'm looking at, I'm looking through God's word. This is my, this is my truth, if you will, and not even my truth. It is God's truth. It is the truth. It is the truth for you and me. And honestly, whether you accept it or not, it's still the truth. And God has given it to you just like he's given those seeds to everybody, just like he, every single heart that's out there. The seed is there and the truth is there. Get into the truth. Get in, get, I mean, it's, it's, it's as relevant today. Christianity isn't old. It isn't something that's somehow civilization has gone by. It's what civilization needs now more than ever. The things that are going on today, though technology maybe is at a level it's never been before, but man's heart is the same. And you read about it in God's Bible, in, God, in the Word of God. You, you, you just go, go, go through it if you haven't yet, okay? And you'll see man's heart. And you'll see the things going on today are no different than what went on even before the time of Christ. Maybe through the kings, maybe even through way back to Adam and Eve. Why did the prophets carry a heavy message that they carried? You know, I will... Prophets offended nations. They offended people. I might be walking on what you feel is dangerous, sensitive ground right now. But I want to tell you that prophets made people angry because, not because they were offensive, but because they represented and they shared God's truth. And those seeds were going out on people that didn't want to receive them. And it wasn't just, I mean... The cool thing is, you know, when you go through the Old Testament, you realize that God loved even the heathen nations 
just like he loved Israel. And sometimes he judged Israel much harsher than what he judged those nations. So God's love was there regardless of what they believed, what they were given, what they were entrusted with. But his own nation that he called out way back when he called Abraham had turned its back on him and treated his word, his ways, as nothing to be obeyed because they had experienced wealth. They had experienced the things of life and didn't want God to enter into this. I I got this, God. I got this. um, No problem. Be careful. I like what Paul said. I pray about everything. (laughs) Okay? Um, But there is, there's a sense that God has it all. Amen? I want God to have it all. Okay, so get to the fourth one, Ben. Here we go. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. That's it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the 30, 60, 100, I really, really ask God, what was meant by the 30, 60, 100? And I began, I began to think, well, if I'm a farmer, okay, or I'm just Ben Haskell and I'm watching Peg start things from seed in the house back in March and watching these little things pop up in the egg cartons that we planted them in and hoping that somehow they'll be strong enough and, you know, a year ago we put them out too early because Cape Cod likes to have a very cold spring for about all three months of spring. Um, and a lot of them didn't make it. This year we waited longer, okay? And everything did a lot better that way. I actually had two pepper plants that made it this year out of about 12. Last year, none made it. The other other stuff's doing well. Squash, cucumbers, tomatoes, um, three different kinds of squash. I don't know why we got into all the different kinds of squash, but uh, we've kind of gotten into the spaghetti squash. And so we've got some very healthy plants where that's growing. Um, We saved a seed from one of our butternut squashes. We got one plant. It looks great, so hopeful. Um, Something will come out of that. Then we get all these other um, zucchinis, of course. If you have a garden on Cape Cod, you've got to have a zucchini somewhere. so, sorry, digressed on that, but um, the, the seeds are there and they're producing. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd take 30 increase out of a seed. If I had a seed and that gave me 30 pieces of fruit or 30 vegetables out of one seed, 30 tomatoes out of one seed, I'd be really happy, Okay. What if I got 60 times? I'd be totally amazed. And if I got 100 times, I would want to become an advertisement for that company that sold me the seeds. 
okay, maybe I'd get some money back on that too, but that'd really be a bumper crop. And I think the point is, is that not whether you're a 30-fold person, I hate it when I've heard it preached that way, okay, or a 60-fold person, or a 100-fold. Well, first of all, nobody's got any business judging that. God's going to take care of that later, okay? But it's the idea that we're producing, and we can rejoice in what God is producing from our lives as we're trusting him. And 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, they're all great, okay? Um, so take that with you, if you will, and if you've ever heard some other um, thoughts on it. Um, I, think, I think, again, within our culture, within America, oh, this is better production, so let's get rid of the 30 and get the new machine in there that gives us 60. Or, oh, no, no, I, I got 100. Here's the newest one, okay? And, um, you know, we've gotten, gotten into the, maybe some of that mentality. So in closing, and there's, there's so much more to this parable, okay? I'm, I'm, I was thinking that some of the things that were maybe fresher thoughts to me is just spread that seed all over the ground, regardless what, regardless what kind of ground it is, okay? Um, some of the scriptures that I, I looked up was Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. It says, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Okay? That's a, that's, if that should encourage our hearts to be sowers of God's word. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed, will return with songs of joy, carrying the sheaves or the fruit or more grass in your front yard, okay, with him. There's lots of verses about sowing. I, I dug one up from Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed or fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on us. That sound exciting? That excites my heart. But Hosea, who lived at a time where people were practicing wickedness and calling evil good and good evil, as Isaiah had said just previous to him, he says, but you've planted wickedness, wickedness as opposed to God's word, but you have reaped evil. You have eaten the fruit of deception because you've depended upon your own strength. Okay, what we sow, we're going to reap. We're going to see that for good, and we're going to see that for bad. So we need to take seriously this idea of, of, of devouring, if you will, God's word, and, and then sharing God's word so that our root system is strong in our own life, and so that we can turn around and then share effectively, and people can see a strong life for Christ. There's lots of good verses about sowing in Isaiah. Um, there's, there's a whole chapter. Let me give you, I'll just give you the reference for that. Um, I think it's 55, 
yeah, it's 55. It's most of the chapter. And it, it's kind of the Old Testament part of um, sowing and reaping, if you will. But, but Isaiah, at one part uh, near the end of that chapter, says you're going to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break into song. They'll clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. I used to sing this when we were teaching kids. Uh, I wish I learned it when I was a kid, but it's just a fun song. No, I'm not going to ask you to do it today, but maybe, maybe if we had the kids with us, we could run with that, Pastor Sean, maybe sometime. Um, but it's, it's, it's inter- it's, it is an encouraging verse in which God is calling his people to wake up and to seek him. And then we're called to, um, to have diligence, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Um, pay close attention to what you've heard so you won't drift away. Okay? Very simple. And then James chapter 1. James is, um, he just hits straight on, okay? He doesn't mince any words at all. And uh, in chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, talks about an example of, of a mirror, okay? It's, it says, Any, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Okay. Now, I think you all looked in the mirror today. Because, yep, I think so, yep. Um, your hair gets straightened out, okay. Maybe some of you really fussed over it. Um, some of us maybe are, don't have as much hair as we used to, don't have to fuss much at all. It's just is what it is, right? Um, but, um, you know, when you look into God's word and you are seeing something reflected back and it's either going to confirm who you are and what you're doing or it's going to call you to change. Don't be like the person in the mirror who sees something that needs to be changed and walks away. Again, let God's transforming power work and move in you. Let him have his way. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Close in prayer.